Welcome to Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on everything PlayStation. My name is Alex Wolf, and I am here joining the one, the only, Stephen Morrow. Here on Dual Senses, you can find everything PlayStation related here on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and occasionally on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, if you're I've, a fan of the- <laughs> listen. <laughs> If you're a fan of the show, please like, rate, and subscribe and do all the things. Again, as we always say, we want the show to improve and we want it to get better, but we need your help. If you head on over to mtfproductions.com forward slash donate, you can donate as little as a dollar so we can put together the best show that we can. The best show. The best show. In the universe. That we can provide. (laughs) In the universe. No exceptions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure after we come off of what, a week, two weeks break? Only one week. <laughs> Only one week. A week and a half. Well, yeah, yeah, a week and a half. We're changing the, this, okay, I'll go ahead and announce it now. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're gonna, uh, first of all, sorry for skipping last week. Um, I was deathly ill. Um... <laughs> I w- literally like dying. I, I just felt like I was dying. I wasn't actually dying. Um, it no, wasn't. He was dying. It wasn't COVID or anything. Um, I wasn't sure that it wasn't COVID until I got tested, though. Uh, but but no, it would have actually been pretty awful. Like I I was coughing every two seconds, and it was the kind of awful cough where you feel like your lungs are gonna just shoot out of your body in like a a, a glob of jettisoned mucus. Um, so jettisoned mucus. Yes, jettisoned mu- mucus, which sounds like a really good band name, actually. You know what I discovered? What? So I can't remember why, but Rachel and I were looking up eggnog, like <laughs> what's in it, and <laughs> on Wikipedia, you know, another name for eggnog is milk punch. Milk punch. Milk punch. That sounds like a good band name. Right, that's what we were thinking. Like, that's a, all right. I can dig it. I like it. <laughs> that sounds like gooey and aggressive. <laughs> that, for some reason, when you put gooey and aggressive in the same sentence, it is not okay. <laughs> like, I don't know why. But I don't well, I mean, think that's all right. Of course. When I put gooey in anything, it is not okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, they Any missed us. Or so. They missed us for this week. <laughs> so, but but yeah, as we were telling, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, so my apologies for skipping the week. It was in order to save your eardrums from constant coughing. Um, I might cough a little bit in this episode, so I apologize ahead of time. I'm gonna try to move away from the microphone whenever that happens. Um, but just so that you know. Uh, but we are also changing the day that the episodes go up. Um, so instead of the episode going up in the beginning of the week, Dual Senses episodes will now go up at the end of the week. Uh, still undecided on whether it's Thursday or Friday, but um, this episode should be up Thursday, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we're recording this on Wednesday. But yes. Anyways, uh, so future episodes will either be Thursday or Friday. We'll... Um, let you know once we have a an actual day set in stone um, but that's because lately a lot of big news has been dropping on Wednesdays 
Uh, so we want to make sure that you get basically the entire week's worth of PlayStation news uh, so you have the weekend to listen and enjoy all of that. So, and not feel like you're behind. Yeah, and not feel like you're behind. So, so yeah, that's what we're going to be doing from now on. Um, hopefully nobody lost their mind uh, not being able to hear our wonder, wonderful, sultry voices for a week. Sultry. Uh, <laughs> sultry. That's the right word, right? I, I, I don't... Well, it's not the wrong word to use in this context... I would not by any means use it to describe our voices. Oh, sultry voices. Nope. They're beautiful voices, Alex. Oh my god. Don't you love it? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> the saddest no. Oh my god. <laughs> Steven, in our week and a half long hiatus... We had some bits. Some bits have come through. And there there's some meaty bits. Meaty bits, know? gooey bits, milky bits. I don't know about gooey, and I'm not about not even sure about the milky bits. I had I some gooey punch. bits. Oh Jesus. Your pregnant fiance had some milky bits. Oh <laughs> and you had the meaty bits. Oh my god. <laughs> Together we have all the bits. PlayStation has shown off and revealed their next-gen VR controllers. <laughs> this comes straight from the PlayStation blog. Uh, some key points from the blog post uh, were some features of the controller, so it will have adaptive triggers and haptic feedback, uh, just as you see on the DualSense controller for the PlayStation 5. It is no longer using the same look that the Move controllers had, and they're like more of an orb with, an ha- with a handle in the middle of them with the buttons on it. Yeah, but I think so, I think the it's like a weird plastic like whoosh, I don't know how else to describe it other than whoosh. yeah, it's like a like a circular band. They look more like traditional VR controllers in a sense. Yeah, but just with this random <coughs> ring surrounding it, so your hand goes into like this ball, or at least like the ring, and this the joystick portion of the controller is inside the middle of the ring. It, it it's weird. I definitely encourage you to check it out and read the piece. I wonder um, if that has to do with like enhanced motion tracking because it's it's a cameraless I, tracking system, isn't it? I I don't know if it's cameraless tracking. So I, I I got that on here. So it'll also have finger touch detection. So the controller will be able to track and feel where you're keeping your index, middle fingers, and thumbs. So, so it is that much closer to being an actual human being. Yes. The controller. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Like, what? <laughs> the controller itself detection. is closer. <laughs> I mean, I guess you're not wrong since you can feel it, quote unquote. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm um, looking up the thing because I swear I read in the in the article that it's cameraless now. So it's, it's weird. So the controller is tracked by the VR headset itself via a tracking ring on the base of the helmet. And then this is where the blog post article got weird. So I believe it's verbatim says controller is tracked by the VR headset itself via a tracking ring on the base of the helmet on the bottom of the controller. So I'm like, is the and that's tracking all that they ring say. A, Right. I'm like, so is the tracking on the bo- is the tracking <laughs> being done by the helmet or is it done on the controller? 
and is the ring on the base of the helmet or is it on the controller? Because I don't understand. Because <laughs> well, it's either like way, a grammatically incorrect sentence. Either way, there's no mention of a camera being needed, at least like the traditional PlayStation camera. Um, and I imagine there's not. no glowing orb on the end of the controllers like the PlayStation Move. So I, I think this is, I think this next gen VR is not going to need a camera. At yeah, all. it it'll be interesting because it'll, it'll either mean that they have worked it to where the new HD camera for the PS5 has a way of doing so, or it you're right, it won't need a camera at all. I don't think I, it's going to need a camera because that's the way that most of the well, I think that's the way that all of the new um, other like PC VR systems. Yes, you don't need to have a webcam or anything <laughs> set up to use the Vive or any Oculus product. Yeah, I think the, like, for example, like, the Oculus Quest doesn't need, it doesn't even need, like, the infrared sensors stuck on your wall or anything. It just uses Correct. the headset from the controller. So it's probably, um, while, while there's not explicit confirmation in the blog post, uh, I feel like this might as well be confirmation that... Uh, this is a cameraless tracking system, so that's exciting. That's one less accessory that people need to buy, one less wire plugged into your system, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I dig so, that. So, a big question for for your, you, Stephen, is: so we got the blog post what two three weeks ago about details on the VR headset itself. We and they're kind of saying you know we're still a ways away, still working on it, this that and the other, blah blah blah. blah. And then we get these controllers, and these controllers look pretty final, at least the way they were presenting it. Mm-hmm. How far out do you think we are from seeing what the headset looks like? Oh, from seeing what the headset looks like? Uh-huh. Uh, I think we're going to see that this year. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe summer this year? That's not too far off. No, not at all. That's, that's relatively soon here. <coughs> I mean, it's almost April. We're about midway through March. So... Yeah, only only a few more months. I can I can get behind that. I it's I'm curious because I mean their blog post made it seem like it was a good distance away, like at least a year or two before we heard any more VR headset news, and then they dropped this bomb two weeks later. Yeah. So I was like, oh oh okay. I wonder how much of that. <laughs> so it's the end of the fiscal year for PlayStation. Uh, I wonder if I wonder how much of this is for investors, like to be like, oh look, we're still doing this. Yeah, like, again, like we talked about last episode, where they are very much just trying to keep VR a part of the conversation, make mm-hmm. sure people know, like, hey, we're still here, I haven't forgotten about it, don't worry, it's still going to be a thing. So, so maybe, I don't know. I, maybe they're just kind of, like, trying to future-proof their investing strategy or their investors uh, and make them feel a little bit more confident. But, uh I don't know. I they still said that it's not going to the headset's not going to release this year. I would wager though because we're getting all of this info dropped. Um I'm thinking even though originally I thought that this wasn't even going to be 2022. Um now I'm thinking yeah. maybe this will release like summer in 2022. That's what I that's what I'm getting at. I was thinking maybe late 2022, maybe 2023, but if they have controllers already set and ready to go, yeah. I mean, it's got to be further along than we thought and further along than what they're saying. So I'm wondering if so if they're doing it in similar fashion to what they did with the PS5. Uh, we got a first look 
and details on the DualSense controller before we even saw what the PlayStation 5 looked like. Mm-hmm. So, and I want to say it was just only it was only a handful of months before we saw what the PlayStation 5 looked like at that point. Um, now, while I don't think we'll get a release date when they first unveil the headset, I feel like we'll get the headset look before the end of this year with a summer-fall 2022 release date. Okay. More so summer than anything. That's a, that, just the way everything's kind of pacing out. I think I agree with you there. Well, all right, that really happens here, where we agree on a certain prediction. <laughs> so I, I don't know how to keep that conversation going. Like, what do we do? <laughs> well, um, I, guess, I guess that's it. I guess now we move on to, to the next bit of news, which is, I think, exciting, because it involves free games. That's is, true. like, my favorite thing ever. And it's a solid list of games here. It's a shit ton. This is basically... This is basically the the Stephen Morrow list of recommendations. <laughs> this is Stephen Morrow's PlayStation Plus collection. <laughs> yeah. What it should have been on for PS5 owners. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Honesty goodness. Um, with only a few exceptions, uh, basically everything on this list is among my favorite games. So that's pretty cool. Um, but... Uh, so, uh, if you remember last year... Um, PlayStation started their Play at Home initiative, I suppose, um, where they were offering free games to people so that they could stay home and, you know, avoid the pandemic. Um, and allowing them to play a game for free to take up time because they are stuck at home. Yeah. Um, but recently they announced that not only are they doing that again, uh, which I think we covered... Uh, they gave, like, Ratchet and Clank away for free as part of the Play at Home initiative. Um, mm-hmm. What was that, like, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, so they announced it end of February, and it began early March that it was available. Yes. Um, but it's not just Ratchet and Clank. Apparently, they are offering ten more games for free. And... Uh, and these aren't just piddly diddly, like just ten stupid games. This is ten fucking awesome games. Like I, I feel at least. No, oh, yeah. I mean, these are definitely some. I mean, granted, a lot of these, a couple of big first party ones, a majority of them, some smaller indie titles, but like some critically acclaimed indie titles here. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these become free of charge. So this is different than owning a PlayStation Plus membership where you can only use them if you have Plus. You don't need PlayStation Plus for this. You add it to your cart, it's yours. These are your games. You don't need a subscription to keep them. You just They're need a PlayStation own. Network account. The, the free exactly. one. The basic one. Mm-hmm. Um, In the lineup. Go ahead. Do you have more? Uh, well, I was... I, did you say March 25th? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if you said the actual date. But yeah, March 25th. So when this episode goes live, right now, everybody who's listening, pause the show, download your free shit. Go to the PlayStation Store and download these games. Are you ready? It's a fucking awesome list. Abzu, Enter the Gungeon, Res Infinite, Subnautica, The Witness, Astrobot Rescue Mission, Moss, Thumper, Paper Beasts, and on April 19th, Horizon fucking Zero Dawn. What a fucking so list. I am, 
uh, yeah, I am. When I saw Moss, I've been wanting Moss for so long. It is that and Beat Saber were the reason I got a PSVR. So knowing that we get Moss for free, I'm, I'm ready to dust that bad boy off and go to town. I'm excited for. So first of all, there's some amazing VR games in here. Like basically mm-hmm. half of the list is VR. Um, yeah, which, it was five game. It was fi- five indie titles and then five VR games, which was kind of surprising. Um, but like some of my favorite VR games are on there, like. Astrobot Rescue Mission, which I still think is one of, if not the best, PlayStation VR game out. Uh, but then there's also Thumper, which is playable not in VR, and in VR. Um, the VR experience for that, I believe, is um, definitely the preferred way to play. Uh, but probably, that's probably one of my favorite rhythm games to come out on PS4. Honestly, uh, really nice platinum too. Um, but then also there's the PlayStation VR exclusive Paper Beast, uh, which is actually kind of recent. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And that's made by the same creator. Uh, uh, what did he do? What's the fucking name of that game? I don't know. It was like an adventure game uh, where you like crash land on an alien planet. It's like a 20 minute long <laughs> game, but it's uh, it's like old school. It was one of the first like cinematic adventure kind of games ah why am i blanking i got all the trophies in it god damn it another world right, hold on i think it's another world Paper it was like the anniversary edition that came out on ps4 i believe it's another world pixel reef is a developer no and no, no, no the founder is yeah okay so the founder of pixel reef is eric shahi and the acclaimed creator, he's the acclaimed creator of Another World. Okay, so and it is Another It's world. called Out of This World in the U.S. Well, on the PS4, the there's like an anniversary edition, and it's called Another World Anniversary Edition or something like that. But ah. um, anyways, so that same creator created Paper Beasts, um, so that's pretty cool. The Witness, which is, in my opinion, the best puzzle game ever created ever. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Um, Jesus. I don't know, there's just, all of these games are great. Uh, so, so yeah, download those. Yeah, and so what's really cool about this is they doubled down. So if everyone remembers what the Play at Home games were last year, it was Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection, and uh, Journey. So mm. they've doubled down, and not only is this list starting March 25th, there will be even more games announced a part of this initiative at a later date. Which so is crazy. This is not think. a final list. Yeah. So I imagine come April, uh, probably a little after Horizon Zero Dawn, we'll get another slew. I don't think it'll be another set of 10 games, but at the same time, I won't be upset if it is. <laughs> I mean, you know. If, if they keep up this quality, then hot damn. I tell you what, PlayStation's killing it with the fucking free games lately, man. The yeah. PlayStation Plus games have been solid since the launch of the PS5. With Play and at Home. More so, yeah. And like more so, those games are all PS4, too. So this is not like, oh, if you only have a PS5, they don't really get you anything. Like, no, 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 no. They're definitely uh, staying loyal to um, those of the last generation. Yeah, so. and, I mean, you can still play these on PS5, too. So it's nice for PS5 owners as well. So it's kind of mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's nice for everyone involved, uh, I think. So yeah, real fucking good. Thank you, mm-hmm. PlayStation. 
We appreciate you. We wouldn't be we here also, if it weren't for you. Uh, I mean, maybe doing this podcast. Yeah, say, that, that's but, what I mean. <laughs> like literally, oh, okay. this is like we wouldn't be here doing this if it weren't for PlayStation. <laughs> that's fair. I was just like, they didn't get like birth, like you know, Parappa didn't shit, shit me out of his womb or anything. But speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh any who's oh my god. <laughs> next bit of that news. would explain so uh, much if i was like the spawn of parappa <laughs> oh my god i i i have no words to even like elaborate on that but you're not wrong <laughs> but any user the next bit we've got here SIE, so Sony Interactive Entertainment, and RTS, I don't know what that stands for, purchased the Evo, uh, Evo the uh, Fighting Championship Series. This is out of the blue. No one was expecting this, nor did anyone really think it needed to happen, but it's a good move. Yeah. So, if this was all from the SIE blog. If anyone remembers last year for Evo... You know, it's COVID, so Evo was canceled. But right before it was canceled, and probably not only because of COVID was it canceled, their um, CEO, Joey Cooler, Sulier, I don't know how to spell that, or read that, um, was dismissed. Cuella? 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 I have no idea. Oh, my God. So he was dismissed to, like, a massive number of abuse claims. Um, he put out a form of apology, but as a result of this, some big names pulled out of Evo. Um, those such as Capcom with Street Fighter V and Mortal and NetherRealm Studios with Mortal Kombat, um, among a few others. Uh, so that resulted in them having to shut it down, and it was just not a good year, and everyone was kind of questioning what Evo would look like for this following year. So with PlayStation and RTS purchasing it, they have brought on the former founders as consultants to keep the same integrity. Evo will still happen this year, uh, bringing back NetherRealm Studios and Capcom, as well as Bandai Namco and a few other games uh, developers. Now, the big question being is like how third-party games work with this because another big presence at Evo was Super Smash Brothers with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else confirmed on that front, but I imagine if PlayStation, I think this is one of the things where PlayStation kind of has their name on it. I don't think they'll necessarily get super duper involved quite yet. Um, I don't see why Nintendo wouldn't join in still. I th- a big thing for me um, on this, I think so. PlayStation, especially with Mortal Kombat, has had massive like they had their own little tournament feature that they use in support. Yeah. I think we'll see more of the resources that evo is used and how they've garnered such attention and have been such a big name when it comes to esports they'll utilize those resources to create their own with playstation brands mm-hmm. so other competitive games will receive the same treatment throughout the year as opposed to just the summer yeah i'm i actually i think this is a a smart move and an exciting one uh playstation in the past 10 years has been increasingly vocal during interviews about um, how much they believe in the future of esports uh the industry at large seems very uh i mean esports is such a big deal and the Mm -hmm. fact that playstation is getting more involved um 
it, first of all, I definitely think Smash is still going to be a part of that whole experience. That just, I, I see no reason for them stopping that. That would be kind of dumb, honestly. Um, hey, you're not wrong, but Smash has had a convoluted history as to what game and how they want to be portrayed when it comes to esports with Smash. It's definitely been yeah weird. So it's kind of up in the air. It, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled all the way out, honestly. That's fair, but um, I don't know. I just feel like unless there's like an alternative, Evo is, and and I'm not necessarily um, like fully informed when it comes to the esports scene, but Evo's the only name that I recognize. <laughs> Um, so I would assume that it's it's one of, if not the biggest entity within esports. Um, so, I don't know, it would just seem weird that Smash wouldn't be a part of that. Um, especially if it's over something as petty as just not being affiliated with the company that owns it. Like, I don't know, it just seems like bad yeah. business to me. No, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I think the only other reason they could possibly we won't see Smash at it is due to like if Nintendo doubles down like in a after COVID world in some sense on you know they had the Nintendo World Championship Series kind of deal. Yeah, Smash has never really been a part of it. That can I that can I remember in recent years. So I wouldn't be surprised if they incorporated it with that along like games like they have Splatoon and a few other Mario games and things of that nature. So all right, well that's fair. It has its own out if they were to pull it. They wouldn't be screwed out of keeping it a competitive scene. It would just be out of the biggest fighting game competitive scene out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I will say I am excited for more implementation in PlayStation consoles, kind of like what you were talking about, having more of like a PlayStation brand-centric uh, form of Evo, I guess. Um, yeah, I like the idea of them implementing it more into the console itself. Um, like on the PS4, when they would have the um, like the PlayStation events was integrated into some uh, different tournaments and things like that. I like the idea mm-hmm. of them implementing implementing that kind of thing into the PlayStation Five as like a built-in thing, having online tournaments and things like that, um, being able to stream tournaments natively on your system i feel like there's a lot of really cool things that they could do that would be a very like modern and accessible way of presenting these tournaments um and hopefully they end up doing it yeah i mean and so this year's evo coming up will be exclusively digital and it's free to the public for anyone to sign up and register so if i imagine if that performs well like technically and you know uh commercially then PlayStation would... They'd be kind of crazy not to double down on that. Yeah. So... I think that'll... I think that'll... Else, and, and that... And PlayStation is definitely... With content creation alone... And streaming... They've definitely doubled down on that forefront... With the HD camera on, on the PlayStation 5... How the create button... On the, the create... Or the share button... And the create button on the PS4 and PS5 respectively... How accessible they want to make that kind of scene to mm-hmm. everyone yeah this for them to pass up or not do anything with this would just be kind of backwards thinking for them so that's what makes this exciting to me like as somebody who's not necessarily 
as into the whole like esports and competitive scene mm. i still think that symbolically <laughs> this could be interesting and also like from a business perspective for playstation this is such a big opportunity and the fact that they grabbed at this um says to me that they're pretty serious about it um so hopefully they'll yeah. they'll be able to do some really cool things but i guess we'll find between out that yeah that and then also just being like if they can solidify themselves as the face of you know console fighting games mm-hmm. you know i mean the last time we saw a big move like that from them was when street fighter 5 became an exclusive game uh a playstation exclusive title so yeah um this will definitely help solidify that image. Like, if you play fighting games, you you play on PlayStation. So. Which is a big deal. Uh, that, that is a big deal, yeah. And also, question for you. Do you mm-hmm. think that this means that we'll start to see more first-party fighting games or first-party competitive games from PlayStation? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think we'll see them get that far into it. I think that'll they'll definitely keep their they'll keep the, the development studios they have. So if they make a fighting game or like a first party game, it's it would be a brand new studio. It wouldn't be an existing one they already have. Just because PlayStation very much plays to their strengths as their developers. So they're not gonna look at uh, Sony Santa Monica or or um, Insomniac and say, Hey, we need to make a fighting game because fighting games and we wanna be cool with them, you know? Yeah. I don't see them that that, that would, at that point that would shoot themselves in the foot unless they because there's just so much room for error there. I think they'll just look for partnerships much like they did with Capcom and Street Fighter Five, and just say, hey, like you make a fighting game, but only put it on our console. So if games like Tekken, games like Dragon Ball Fighters, um, SNK, uh, King of Fighters. Um, Guilty Gear, things of that nature. We'll see more of those games favor PlayStation consoles with either exclusive DLC or just in f- flat out be only on PlayStation. I think we'd, we'll see more of that before PlayStation starts developing their own fighting games. That's fair. I do agree, though, that uh, it would probably be a new studio just because they have such a such a repertoire uh, with. Uh, more narrative-based single-player experiences, mm-hmm. um, and their their first-party studios are just so fucking good at it. Um, arguably, yeah, the best th- in the industry. Exactly. So to take that away from them would just be like, why? Yeah. Why would you ask them? <laughs> so that that's my two cents on that. Um, but while I don't think that this is a competitive-focused studio, on um, it was recently announced that PlayStation has a new studio, uh, which I wanted to bring up here. Um, so, uh, there is a new Montreal-based independent studio called Haven. Um, there was a blog post, uh, March 16th, actually, um, announcing this. And we don't have too much information to go off of, other than the fact that this this new um studio does exist and they are excited to be making exclusive playstation experiences um there's no word on exactly what they are working on 
they just say that they are working on an unannounced IP that's coming to PlayStation. Um, and hold on, there's there's one quote from their blog post. They mostly talk about like how COVID has sucked and they've been like working through different challenges and things like that. Um, and they announced that they're working on a new IP. But they said specifically, we want to create worlds where players can escape, have fun, express themselves, and find community. So, uh, even though those are kind of ambiguous words, um, mm-hmm. still, that's that's a so, thing. So, and this this is being headed up, if I remember correctly, by, I think her name is Jade. Um, she's a big name. God, I can't remember her last name to save my life, though. Uh because there was talk about this sometime last week. Let me Jade Raymond. Real fair. Yes, Jade Raymond. Yeah. Um, so this is her studio, and she's heading up. So she's a prevalent name because she's worked on a lot of stuff. She Now, the problem with Jade, though, is lately, while she's not by any means bad at her job by any means because she has the reputation she has because she's helped create franchises like Assassin's Creed, you know, like she she's done a fair share of work and has a reputation as a good reputation but lately everywhere she's kind of gone negative things have followed now i mean or, but she was or, correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't she involved in a canceled star wars project uh so she was involved in that she also was um head of she was head of um i believe a google first a google stadia first party studio and she left that after they shuttered them uh, and then there's one more thing she was working on that was also ended up being canceled. But that's the thing is so right now anyone following her recently doesn't really know much about her outside of what she's done in the past. Mm-hmm. It's uh, she does. Will there be a stigma around her name going in? And they talked about this on a few other podcasts too. So this isn't an unheard of concept. But would there be a stigma around her name just because of the? results of the last few things she's been involved with well here's the thing though any of them are her fault i think the big the big difference the thing that's an important factor in this case is she's the ceo and founder of this new studio Mm -hmm. so she's calling the shots if anyone cancels her project it's her (laughs) so i think now that that's the case we can we can kind of see what what she's capable of and, and you know what they're actually wanting to do uh so that's cool the fact that there was a blog post if you go on to their website um it's specifically there's only two links on there there's an email to contact them and a link to the playstation blog post that's it so the fact that this is so ingrained in playstation says to me that probably playstation is is funding a lot of this project as well, but uh, it seems like this is something that PlayStation believes in, especially enough for them to be so intricately connected to you know the launch of this studio, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, or the announcement of the studio. Um, I think that whatever past uh, or whatever preconceived notions anybody has regarding this individual and their creations is going to go out the window depending on what we see of this project. If it looks great, people aren't going to care about her past. If it doesn't look That's great, real. 
if it doesn't look great, then people are going to dig it up and throw it in everyone's face. But um, I think that's also probably why they're hesitant to show anything yet. I think they want to make sure that they, they come out swinging. Um, but uh, I, I feel like the industry has treated this individual in the same way, or at least in a similar fashion as like Amy Hennig, for example, where I think just because they've had some misses in terms of projects that they've been working on getting canceled or them being removed from different projects, I don't think that necessarily expresses their talent or their skill or lack thereof. I think it's more of an expression of poor management on, uh, you know, on the the side of the the project itself, or the studios behind the project, and not necessarily the individuals who are working on these projects. I completely and entirely um, attribute blame to whoever was uh, overseeing those projects, as opposed to the creative minds that were working on them. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what it is that they're coming up with. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's another it's another studio. So that means another studio. That means more games, and more games is real. not a bad thing. <laughs> not bad at all. No, I, I agree with everything you said. I don't think personally. I don't think Jade will have any. I don't think by any means what's been what she's been through and where she's been. Uh, recently will affect the quality of the game by any means. Um, I think people that are not as informed on who she is and what she's done will be hesitant if they're just based off of the last few headlines she's been in. So, Yeah. Well, um, so on top of that, uh, speaking of announcements for new things, uh, instead of just a new studio, there was a shit ton of new games that were announced. Like, a shit ton of indie games. Um, well, some yes. of them are also more, like, trailers and things for games that we already knew existed. Um, but, still, again, more games. Um, yeah, so, it's on the, there was an indie spotlight, that what they called it? The yeah, PlayStation they've been spotlight. having a lot of those. There was the, the VR spotlight, and now another indie spotlight. There's all kinds of things going I, on. I think we'll see more of this popping around, because... They very much kind of slowed down last year, just as a result of what last year was. So I think we'll see a resurgence of that coming forward this year. Which is exciting. That's nice. I like it. Um, do you want to jump into that, or do you want me to? Uh, you can. Alright, um, so... We finally have a solid date for Disco Elysium, the final cut. Um, this is March 30th. Uh, I believe there was a, another trailer for that as well. Uh, that's a game that people are pretty familiar with, um, so I'm not going to dive too much into that one. Um, another game that was announced... Actually, I don't know if this one was announced this way or if this is just more information about it, but this is my first time hearing about this. Uh, there's a game called Heavenly Bodies. Uh so there was a gameplay trailer revealed uh, that sort of highlights two different scenarios, I suppose. But this is a physics-based spatial puzzle game that takes place in space. So there's a lot of, like, gravity or lack thereof and, uh, like, orbital objects. 
that you have to sort of reposition in order to solve puzzles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't. <laughs> it looks interesting. Um, so you play as these sort of like floating astronauts, I, I guess, and you like link up objects and things and tether them together, and everything's floating and spinning and. It looks stressful. <laughs> but anyway, so that one seems pretty cool if you like if you like physics puzzlers. Um, if you like your puzzles to not necessarily have or rely on physics, another puzzle game was announced um, called Puzzling Places. And uh, this one is a 3D puzzle game where you put together 3D jigsaw puzzles, but it's a VR game, so... A lot of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, this one seems kind of cool. It's literally just, like, you know, those 3D jigsaw puzzles, like the, there's, like, globes, and you see, like, the Eiffel Tower a yeah. lot. It's, like, that kind of thing, but in VR. So you're putting the pieces together, and you can rotate them with the move controllers, shit like that. Um, but yeah, that seems pretty nice. It seems like a chill, relaxing kind of thing. Yeah, something like kind of take your mind off things. Um, this one, uh, this next one seems really exciting for me. Um, so there's a new surreal adventure game, Where the Heart Leads, which is coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 on July 13th. This is a game where, uh, so it's a, it's a choice-based narrative game where you make decisions that dramatically affect the outcome in the game. Um... A lot of it has to do uh, with, like, kind of guiding a family through, basically, their story. Um, So it's, like, the family's past, present, and future, and the decisions you make change how everything pans out, um, oftentimes where they end up. So it'll change their home and their home environment, and it can be pretty dramatic from, like, a sort of traditional home space to there's like, weird jungle tree houses and shit. Like, it gets weird. Um, but yeah, so that's that seems pretty cool. Uh, I always like these kind of story-driven games that focus on, like, family and how the choices we make affect those we love. Um, all of that shit. But uh, I like, I kind of like how this one seems a little bit more focused on the environment and, like, how your choices change the spaces that you end up in. It's just kind of a neat take. Uh, but, yeah. I wonder, yeah, I, I'm, I'll be, I'd like to see more of how these choices affect, think, you know, so many choice-based games say, like, oh, it dramatically affects this, and it's like, they're, they're, you can't, like, okay, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, based it, on... I can see it... So based on the blog post, uh, there's a there's a trailer on there, uh, but then there's also uh, different screenshots and little animated gifs or whatever from the game. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's pretty dramatic. Like, like I said, there's like traditional home space to jungle tree houses and shit, and then there's like another thing where there's like a water park in the middle of a forest, <laughs> like. It, it looks pretty dramatic um, just from this. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think it seems really cool. Uh, it seems like a really nice, chill game to snuggle up with 
maybe with like a, a cup of hot cocoa and a blanket, light a candle. <laughs> it's like the kind of game that I'll play late at night and I'll enjoy, but I'll like fall asleep every time that I play it. Not because it's bad, but because it's like kind of lulling me into this nice coziness. One of those games you never complete because you just can't get past the main menu. <laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the main menus of games are just so audio-visually, aesthetically pleasing that I just can't get past it. I just can't, okay? All right. I will gladly pay money for just a screensaver, basically, is what I'm saying. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I would say, you don't do much with it outside of that. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so another game that was in the Indie Showcase... Um, I still don't know how to pronounce this, and none of the trailers have said the name out loud. Uh, God, that's the worst. But, yeah, yeah, and it's such a simple thing. So, it's called... Noor? Nour? Noor? It's it's short for Nourish. So, it's N-O-U-R. It's short for Nourish. Nourish. Nur- so I, nourish. I would say nur then. But I would like, say nur then. But that seems so weird. Like, nur. Uh, anyways. So an hour or nur. Yeah, and it, it can't be noir. No. Even though that's what I want to say. Uh, but anyway, so this game was announced uh, a while back. Uh, it's a PlayStation 5 title, and the first trailer was basically showing a lot of, like, it, it's a game where you play with food, and it's just a very nice kind of, like, ambient experience where you play with food and you can make things look really pretty and surreal and it's just really nice and satisfying it's basically visual asmr the game however with the new trailer uh that was part of the indie showcase it was revealed that it's not just a visual asmr experience it is an audio visual asmr experience and apparently the sound design and the soundtrack for this game it's all interactive so by playing with the food, you are also composing music, and you can literally structure the the food objects in the game in certain ways to make specific sounds deliberately. So you can compose music on spaghetti, which sounds nice. You can time <laughs> you can time toasters to toast bread so that all of the bread pops up at different times to create a percussive rhythm, like that kind of shit. Uh, so this game seems like a perfect Steven game. This is the kind of game that I will fall asleep to gladly. It's visually pleasing. It is audibly pleasing. Uh, now all I need is sensory pleasing. I need I need vibrations all over my body. Oh, <laughs> wasn't? No. Do you remember Child of Eden? Do you remember that game? Yeah. There was a mode on the PS3 where you could connect six controllers. And you were supposed to lay down and put the controllers on different parts of your body, and they would all vibrate to the beat. <laughs> like, no. legit, that that was a mode in the game. That... I don't know if I like that. That just sounds like a mess waiting to happen. Like, the controllers just falling off you because they're rumbling. Yeah, I mean, you know, well... All over the place, so it wouldn't last long. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if you had any kind of vibrating anything with me it's it's a mess waiting to happen oh my god anyways uh 
So Nur Nur <laughs> seems really cool. This has a date, I think. Uh, hold on, I'm seeing if I can find it. Da, 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 da. This summer. It doesn't have a specific date, but uh, this summer, this is coming out. It's called Nur Play With Your Food. That's the name of the, the game. Um, so for, for artsy-fartsy audio-visual nerds like me, uh, this seems like a game that you would enjoy. Um, but there were two more games that were part of the Indie Showcase. This next one seems really, really cool. Uh, this is one that I'm actually super excited for. Um, again, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this, so I apologize. I think it's <laughs> I think it's Chicory. It's either Chicory or Chicory. But um, it's called... I'll say Chicory. That sounds nice. Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Uh, is coming to PS5 and PlayStation 4 this spring. And this is kind of like if you imagine if a coloring book were a game. Uh, but with... It's kind of like if you were to combine Animal Crossing with Zelda. But the main means of controlling the game is coloring. Or like painting. So you actually, instead of controlling a character directly, you're painting on the world with a paintbrush, and how you paint things and color things changes the way that the world acts, and then uh, different things happen. So that's the main mode of of interaction with the game. Uh, It starts out black and white, but you can kind of color however you want. Uh, There's a pretty big degree of freedom with how you do that. Uh, In the trailers, it shows people drawing, like, hearts and cats and all kinds of random shit everywhere. Uh, And the entire game is cooperative, so you can play it two-player if you so choose. So then there's two paintbrushes going around. You can paint shit together. You can ruin each other's day by scribbling all over everyone's smiley faces. Seems like fun. Also, I really really like the art style for this game. I can't remember... I feel like I saw this game before the indie showcase. I played a I trailer like for you. Yeah, when I came yes. over, there was an announcement okay. um, on the PlayStation blog, and then the indie showcase just kind of went into more detail about the gameplay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it seems fun. It's kind of adorable. I like adorable shit. Yeah, cutesy looking. Um, and then the final game that was part of the indie showcase is a world hold on <laughs> i was reading the wrong thing it is <laughs> it's an asymmetrical spy co-op game called operation tango uh so it's a game where you have to work together uh with the second player in order to uh complete like special missions, like cooperative puzzles, basically. So uh, one person plays as the secret agent, and the other player plays as the hacker. And neither of the players can necessarily see what the other one is doing, so it requires communication. So it's almost like, you know in those spy movies, there's always the person over the headset in their ear who's like, go down this hall and turn left, and then the code for this thing is 3214. And then they do the thing, and then they're like, oh, you've got bad guys coming up behind you. It's that kind of shit. Uh, But it seems really cool, and it's, like, specifically designed for that kind of experience. It reminds me a lot of 
that game that literally just released like a month ago on PlayStation 4 for free called We Were Here, I think. Um, yes. Which is an entirely cooperative uh, game, and you have to like communicate with the other player in order to solve the puzzles. Kind of like that, but with more of like a spy, espionage, secret agent kind of twist. Uh, but it seems pretty cool. It's like that kind of thing where... So one of my favorite feelings in a game um, is like when you just kind of feel like a badass. And I think this game is kind of going to nail that feeling of like that synergy of teamwork and being like, oh yeah, we got this. We're fucking awesome. We're badass secret agent people. And I like that. Badass super agent, man. Yeah, that's really cool. And then I also... I am curious to see. So the guy who did the artwork for this game is um, also uh, Robert Valley, and he did the creative art, like animating for the uh, for Gorillas, the band. Oh. So I'm interested. I that visual art style look. I am cool to see more of. I didn't know that. That's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Wow. Yeah. Well, all right. I also so. stupid little thing. I appreciate that the title is called Operation Tango, because that you know that phrase it takes two to tango, and it's a co-op game. It takes two people to fucking solve these puzzles. Operation Tango, two to tango. Get it? Nope. Don't get it. I'm not following. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got one more thing to discuss, I think. Unless I'm missing something. Am I missing something? Uh, I don't believe so. This I believe this is the last, this is the last thing I have on the dock here. All right. Um, this is all rumored so far, but this comes over from the gamer. Uh, the gamer received claims from an, umna- from an unnamed source that the digital storefronts for both the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita will be shutting down this summer. So what that means is that you would not be able to purchase anything from the PlayStation Vita or the PlayStation 3 digital storefronts. So if there's nothing you don't have already, which I'd be hard-pressed to say you own something on the Vita if you're a PlayStation Plus owner, if you were just lazy and didn't want to add them to your cart and be done with it. Because a lot of their top-tier games, except for maybe Persona 4, Golden, were free at some point. (laughs) If you're one of those people, then fuck you you're missing it <laughs> yeah like even if you don't own it like what's wrong with getting it free because you never know if someone's gonna gift it to you or if you all of a sudden go to a collector phase and you start buying a bunch of old shit and you're like oh man i have a whole library for this ready to go this is kind of sad if this is real which i personally i don't think it is that's a bummer yeah i mean it's the sad thing is it's going to happen eventually and yes even though this is an unconfirmed rumor it's still a reality that we're gonna have to face like especially the uh well i don't know even though the playstation 3 store is older i feel like more people are using the playstation 3 store than the vita store but then again the attach rate is so high on the vita like pretty much everyone with the vita still buys things on the vita so yeah i don't know and a lot of them buy that's what i don't get is like so while I understand not supporting the Vita, this, that, and you want to do the maintenance, just leave it as it is and let people keep buying stuff. That's nothing but money for you guys and, you know, for PlayStation. And 
a lot of Vita owners buy their things digitally, you know? Yeah. I th- that, that was a mass market, so then all you're going to do is shoot up, and the value of the physical Vita games is just going to skyrocket, and you'll see less of that. And that'll truly kill... Like If they, this, if they shut down the Vita store, that will be the final nail in the coffin. That's the marking of the death of the Vita. I will... Like, that is it. I agree. So, hold on. So, you're admitting that the Vita's not dead? No, I'm admitting, like, it's dead, but, like, this ends the argument of people saying, oh, it's not dead, it's not dead. If this happens, there is no more argument. It's done. I agree. Um, I mean, I agree with... If this happens, then the Vita is definitively dead. Uh, yeah, I still think that the Vita—it's—it's it's barely hanging on, and it's on life support, but it's still there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, anyways, uh, yeah. The the main thing that bothers me about this is what it means for game preservation. Uh, which is a big problem. That's why I was so excited to hear that the PlayStation 5 was backwards compatible. However, Mm -hmm. um, when I later found out that it was only backwards compatible with PS4 and not PS3, that made me kind of sad, specifically because, I mean, I have a shit ton of PS3 games, and also there are so many phenomenal games that were just exclusive to PS3 that have never seen the light of day anywhere else. Games like yep. like Folklore and Puppeteer and Tokyo Jungle, which arguably there was a mobile version, but it's no longer in existence. That uh, was a physical version of Puppeteer, though. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying outside of that system. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why I was, you know, such a big supporter of of the idea of backwards compatibility as far back as they could get it. Uh, but yeah, I. When the store is shut down for the PS3 and the Vita, I will be very upset if there's no way to access these games. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with PlayStation Now being the solution. Uh, Because as far as I understand, the games are still running. It's just streaming to your system. When you play a PS3 yes. game on PlayStation Now, so correct, yeah, it still requires, they're not downloaded to the console. Yeah, uh, so it still requires, you know, a PS3 somewhere to be playing it, or at least an emulated version of the PS3. Uh, so, I don't know. I just if this happens, they need to double. Like, there's no excuse at as to why PlayStation Now is not the service it should have been when it came out. If this is how you're going to handle this, if you're going to shut down the digital storefront, but people still want PS3 games, you've got to fix PlayStation Now. You've got to get it to where it's one streamlined thing, not this thing where certain games are available for a limited time, certain games you can actually download and play, and then certain games are available forever. It's confusing, it's convoluted, and the pricing structure makes no fucking sense. It's... You have to have one solid message, one solid price, or unless you're going to have different tiers of pricing, not where I have paid for this membership, but if I want to play this game, I have to pay an extra fee on top of it. Like, what the hell? Yeah. 
I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, I would be, honestly, I'd be perfectly fine with the store um, shutting down if there was a, a viable, accessible, easy-to-use means of backwards compatibility. And I'm okay with that being PlayStation now, but not in its current state. Mm-hmm. Just not. Uh, mostly because I just want to be able to download these games and play them on my system. I don't want to have to stream it because it's inconsistent yeah. and for a lot of these games it just doesn't work it just at least for me in my current setup it just doesn't work the way that i need it to yeah if you don't live in an area that can provide gigabit internet service which unless you're out in the west coast and maybe some parts of the east coast like on the coast itself isn't available so you Something's got to give where you just allow the person to download the game to the console and play it that way via the subscription, much like Game Pass. It's you're waiting on the rest of the world to catch up, and that's not there right now. I would even pay for a PS3 emulation attachment for a PlayStation 5, like a little USB attachment that costs like 150 <laughs> bucks. I would do that, but oh well. Uh, now for the Vita, it's it's especially sad because a lot of those games just wouldn't you wouldn't be able to play them at all on a PS5. Um, not because yeah. of but like just because of the way that it handles, like you just can't. Um, so so that's depressing. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless PlayStation reveals a new PlayStation Portable. No, it, it's. They're done. It's not happening anymore. They're over it. They tried. They failed. Even though... So they failed by their own volition. It succeeded. They just didn't like that it succeeded and killed it. I don't know. I still think it's possible. I still think it's possible. I'm not giving up hope, Alex. I'm not giving up hope. Alright. If they can make a VR2, they can make a Vita2. God damn it. Well, I mean, you're not wrong there. That's a, that's a valid point. But if there ever a place to report on what's going on with the Vita or the PlayStation 3, you'll find it right here on Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you guys for listening. Again, <laughs> hit that like, rate, comment, subscribe, do all the things you need to do to, you know, get us exposure and whatnot. Share us with your uh, friends. Don't Expose us. Share us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to an ex- to an extent. And by all means, we would love to see you guys make your way over to mtfproductions.com forward slash donate so we can help the show grow. But until then, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. Love, love, love. Okay, bye.